We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It's June 15th. It is 2022. We have nine MLB games to talk about here on today's main slate. If you are wanting some early game action, we have a crunch time that is free with Kevin Roth and Cheese is Good at 1230 Eastern today. Talking about that early slate. So jump on that. Uh, They do a great job with crunch time. So and it's free. It's free. Cheese free, yeah. We all like cheese. Joined today by my buddy Keith Iser, eyes eight one nine. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Oh, you know, just trying to sweat this over in the the Wrigley win game um, Monday night. Um, we're we're uh, Kyle Hendricks came out and shut down the Padres for five innings, but we're up to nine runs now. So we, if we get them to ten, it'll be a good night. Um, but yeah, I had a, a Wilson Contreras long shot to hit two home runs, just threw a couple pennies on that and he hit that. So it, it's a nice day. It covered, I've got a much bigger bet on the, the over t- the total. So need a couple more runs in Wrigley still. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, I wrote it up in, um, expert survey today and it was just, it was insane to me what weather edge was calling for in that game. And it was only like, a, it was like an 18, like game sample and it was a hundred and thirteen and a half percent increase on home <laughs> runs and 43% increase on like total runs in that game. So, I mean, weather matters so much when it comes to baseball and weather matters even more when you have a very sensitive ballpark like Wrigley. Um, so I, I mean, I, I faded the Rockies game and I, full stacked both sides of the Cubs Cleveland game um, and didn't play Contreras couldn't fit him in. Like I still wanted um, season Pavetta in my lineup. Um, that was like the two guys I landed on today for pitching and I just couldn't get um, Contreras in there. And I mean, it happens like my one-offs did really good. I had like a two, I went five Padres two Red Sox and I think I had one St. Louis player. Um, on my main build today and I only ran one lineup today super busy so only did one and I really liked the lineup and I was fading Cole and I was fading Rockies or the Rockies game so I was like you know I probably don't need to build more than one today this is what I really like so I think it's like it's been cashing right now 
min cash life. Um, I'm always happy when you miss on something in your stack and you min cash. I'm like, all right, uh, like nothing hurt. Move on to the next day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've definitely, I've got some brave stacks that, that have Acuna in them. So I, I feel that pain. Um, the bottom of the Braves order going off Acuna has like two points. So <laughs> gotta love it. Yep. Gotta love it. All right. We're going to move on to the main slate here for Wednesday NASCAR subscriber joke. I'm going to try to get through this without yawning at least six times. So um, <laughs> anybody that's ever watched the live show in NASCAR, um, they get that joke. We get started here with Atlanta at Washington, nine and a half total. It's nine almost everywhere. We'll go to nine. Uh, DraftKings has it at nine and a half. And the Braves are a 175 to 185 favorite. We got Strider against Fed. Um, Any interest here in uh, Spencer Strider? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just just massive strikeout stuff that he's shown uh, in his rookie season here this year. Washington doesn't strike out much, but when we're talking about, about a guy that has this type of stuff, I don't really care much about the opponent strikeout rate. Um, Strider's fast. He runs his fastball up near hundred miles an hour. His slider's filthy. And we've seen him get stretched out here um, up to, I believe is night. Yep. 92 pitches in his last outing. So uh, we should get five or six innings here. He's, he's shown a 30% plus strikeout rate. Um, I don't care that the opponent's okay. I think Strider is, is one of the top point per dollar pitchers on this slate. And I think there's, there's a couple of cheap guys that are in play here on this slate, but Strider would be the top one for me. Yeah, I think he's in a great spot. You know, the Washington lineup is good. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, there's, there's still plenty of weak bats in this lineup and, you know, you'll have to get through the top few guys, but the bottom half of this order is not going to be good. They don't walk a lot, and his biggest thing has been walks. So I think he, he's in a great spot here. He's he's one that I'll be looking for his strikeout prop today because I think that with it being Washington and, you know, not having a ton of strikeouts, it could come in a little lower, and, you know, it's one that I might jump on today. Um, but I definitely like yeah, him at 7,700 here. That's a good point. Some of the historical data is going to show like when he wasn't stretched out or pitching out of the bullpen, he's only going 60, 70 pitches in an outing. Now we're, we're expecting 90 plus pitches here. So if that strikeout prop opens up at five and a half, I'm, I'm on the over for sure. If it's six and a half, I think I'd be interested as well. Um, I passed on it at six and a half in his last start and he, he blew past that without any problems. So def- definitely a good call there on the strider strikeout prop. The other side of this game, though, I have zero interest in Eric Fetty here. I mean, Braves, even without Albies, he's going to probably be out for the rest of the season. Um, even without Albies, is still a good lineup. They do strike out, but, I mean, this is a guy with an 18% K rate, 11% walk rate, 35% hard hit rate, balls coming off the, the bat over 95 uh, miles an hour at 52% this season, so... Uh, just not a spot I want to play Fetty. Um, I like the Braves stack. Do you, do you have any interest in Fetty? No interest in Fetty. I, I mentioned some cheap pitter, pitchers that are in play. Fetty is not one of them. Um, Atlanta's been red hot. Yeah, like you said, even without Albies. Um, very interested in the Braves stack. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Atlanta, you know, Albies out. You know, we saw Harris hit what, is it back-to-back days. He, he hit his his first and second home run of the season, I think on back-to-back days here, um, finally getting it going at the plate. You know, he is a prospect type play for these guys. 
But we saw Arcia in the lineup. I'm hoping that like today we see Harris kind of move forward in that lineup a little bit. Um, Duvall has not been swinging a good bat this season. Ozuna had a home run the other day, but I'm hoping that like Harris draws a good lineup spot because he is cheap. The other thing that I like about Harris potentially, if he stays in that nine hole, is you can wrap around your Atlanta stack and just kind of not play Duvall and Ozuna and Arcia. Um, and then make a decision on like whether you want to play Darno or like Swanson or Riley. But yeah, I like the Atlanta. They're definitely one of the teams that I'm going to be looking at a five-man stack here today. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Atlanta, and I'm not sure how popular they get on this slate. Um, this is a really good slate. Like there's all kinds of – there's top-end pitching. There's some cheap pitching. There's Coors Field. There's some wind in Wrigley. Um, I'm, I'm not sure Atlanta is one of the top like two or three owned stacks on this slate. And I absolutely love them. Um, there, there are multiple ways that you can do this. Be, like you've got the cheap guys at the bottom of the order. Um, you mentioned Harris. Duvall and o- Ozuna are both around 4K as well with plenty of power. Arcia is still very cheap. Um, so if you don't want to play the super expensive guys like Acuna, Riley, Swanson, I just talked about it on tonight's slate. Um, the bottom of the order is the one that's going off. So I think if you want to pay up twice for pitching at Atlanta, bottom of the order stack makes a ton of sense. And I don't think they're going to catch a ton of ownership just because of some other great spots on this slate. I don't have really any interest in Washington, especially if like Juan Soto, um, they did say he's expected back in the lineup. It sounded like it was more of, I mean, he's a little banged up in their lefty, but we'll see. Um, If they leave him out of the lineup, I really don't have any interest. I mean, if he plays, I could definitely see him as like a one-off, but I'm probably not going to go um, to this team in the spot. Yeah. I mean, Strider can walk some people and give up a home run or two, but not somebody I want to strike out or somebody I want to stack against because of his strikeout ability. Um, like even if he walks a couple of guys, he can get out of that inning with three straight strikeouts because he, his stuff is just insane. So I definitely won't be stacking Washington. All right. We got Tampa Bay at New York facing the Yankees seven and a half total in this game. Yankees, a one, 45 favorites, uh, McClanahan against Cortez. I mean, a really good pitching battle in this one. Um, Shane McClanahan has been fantastic this season. He's been one of the guys that has come out of nowhere. Um, We expected him to be good, but he's been great. Any interest here in Shane McClanahan going up against the Yankees? Yeah, tough matchup going going into Yankee Stadium. But, I mean, just with Burns' form here recently, I have McClanahan number one on the slate. 35% 35% strikeout rate and the walk rate is elite as well. So like you mentioned, always a, a super talented prospect. We knew the strikeouts were going to be there, but him honing in the walks and, and having a walk rate under 5% is the thing that's really elevated him to a status for me. Uh, I'll play him in any matchup. Um, the Yankees obviously have a ton of right-handed power, but McClanahan has a ton of strikeout ability. So a little bit more risk than usual with McClanahan, but I, I still like him enough. Um, he's the top pitcher on the slate for me. I mean, he's done a great job of limiting power to righties. So it's a tough matchup. Personally, I have him second today, and I have Cortez on the other side of this game first. Um, I think I have no problem saying 1A, 1B on this slate uh, with these two guys. Burns worries me because the Mets just don't strike out. I mean, Burns is a great pitcher. The Mets are an elite team at putting the ball in play. Um, So – I rank the, the two upside guys here with Cortez and McClanahan above Burns on the slate, but I think you could play any of the three. Um, 
with Franco out of the lineup, we're going to see a lot of righties in this lineup for Tampa today. There's just not a lot of power. Yeah, they have good contact skills, but it's a lot of ground balls. So I think if Cortez runs on the good side of BABIP in this game, and I mean, he is a good pitcher, so it doesn't worry me too much. I think he cruises in this game. I think both of these pitchers are just stud pitchers on this slate. Um, what are your thoughts here on Cortez? I do like Cortez. Um, I'm just, I'm not entirely sold on the strikeout rate. Uh, Tampa Bay also strikes out much more against righties than they do against lefties. That's why I have Cortez slightly behind McClanahan, but I I agree with you that it's a good spot for him. Uh, Like he's just a really good pitcher. He's like, he just keeps hitters off balance. He can go deep into the game. I'm just not sure that I buy the strikeout rate being up around 30%. Um, maybe, maybe that's a leak and I'm just haven't been fast enough to adjust to Cortez. I just feel like McClanahan has, has much more upside. Um, I don't mind Cortez as as a tournament pivot. And if he's coming with half the ownership, then I'm certainly going to play plenty of him. Um, McClanahan slightly ahead, but Cortez has been awesome this year. There's no denying that. Um, definitely in play. And, And I agree. I would, I would have both of these guys ahead of Burns on this particular slate. I will say this. Some of the advanced stats definitely say that Nestor Cortez's strikeout rate probably comes down and he's probably closer to like 24%. Um, You hit your over, by the way, in the Cubs game. Uh, Voight just had, they had bases loaded with no outs and Voight hit a double and scored two. Um, So my stacks keep going. I'm watching my stack go. Um, (laughs) I'm glad glad you hit your over too. Um, Never in doubt in that game. Right. <laughs> anyway, I mean, so some of the advanced stats for Cortez definitely suggest that there's some numbers, but we see this. We see this all the time with guys that throw cutters. The advanced stats never line up to the actual strikeout numbers with cutters. And I don't know if it's just a flaw in the system, but it's something that like goes back to like ever since we started looking at advanced stats for strikeouts, swinging strikes, whiff rates, all that stuff. This dude has a 32% whiff rate on his cutter. And like, it just doesn't, and he throws his cutter almost 45% of the time. So it it just doesn't ever line up. So I hear you and I'm looking at the numbers and I'm like, all right, yeah, I I think advanced numbers definitely say Cortez has some regression coming to his strikeouts. But then you look at like the cutter numbers and you're like, man, this dude has a really good cutter Um, and good cutters in, in the majors. You could just, you could do so much with it. So yeah, I, I mean the strikeouts not as high in this um, Rays lineup, but I mean you're he's going to be facing just such a weak overall lineup. Um, and if if like if Choi and Kiermaier if they leave those guys in there because of the injuries and they I mean they they don't really have righties. They have a ton of lefties with Zanino out with Franco out. Like their bench is like left handed heavy. Um, so. I just, I think you're going to see two or three lefties in the lineup here for Cortez and he's just death to lefties. So um, he, uh, both of these guys, like, like I said, one, a one B you can rank them. However you want to rank them. Um, I, I, I could say this with certainty. I'm not playing any Tampa bats in this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not either. Even if I'm not buying the strikeout rate for Cortez, he is absolutely a, a, a well above average, close to elite pitcher. Um, even if he doesn't have the strikeouts because he's got ground ball ability, he's got control, he can go deep into the game. So I, I have no interest in in offense in this game, despite being in Yankee Stadium, weather's probably going to be good again. It's warm. 
Um, but I, I just I buy the talent of both of these pitchers. Um, this is not a game I'll be looking for bats. Well, and not only that, like we have two of the top five bullpens in baseball, Tampa and New York are yep. two of the top five in Sierra in a lot of stats. So not only are you getting like two elite aces and we're, okay. So both of these guys, I don't know if I want to like uh, label them as like elite aces yet, but they're both really good. And if we're looking at just this year, they're both elite aces. So, and then you get two really good bullpens. This game has a seven and a half total in Yankee stadium for a reason. So I'm with you on not playing the bats here. Um, McClanahan hasn't allowed more than three earned runs in a start this season. He has had, he's allowed two home runs in one game this year. So if he becomes super chalky and you want to sack New York and you're playing 150 teams, I'm not going to talk you out of it. Donaldson will be back here. He was only suspended for a game. LeMahieu, Judge, Stanton, Torres. I mean, they're going to have a lot of righties in this lineup. It's just, honestly, it's a boom bust, and I, I think it's more bust than boom um, for both of these teams as far as the bats are concerned. So, And we're going to talk about some elite spots for bats. Like This slate is full of yeah. elite spots for bats. So, I, I mean, the Yankees aren't cheap. They're not getting a discount. So I'm off of this. I'm off this game as bats. And, and you know, we talk about it so much, and people hate playing pitchers together on the same lineup on DraftKings. But if you can afford it and you want to go Cortez McClanahan, that's two of your highest ceiling pitchers on the slate. So, all right. Baltimore at Toronto is where we go next. We got Zimmerman and Berrios in this one, nine and a half total. Blue Jays, a 250 favorite in this one. Um, any interest in Bruce Zimmerman going up against Toronto? Nope. Really tough matchup here. Not enough strikeouts. Um, I, I think he's a better pitcher than 5,900 on a different slate. I might be interested, but this is only our third game of the, the slate. And we've already talked about three pitchers. We absolutely love um, there. There's other cheap guys moving down, down the slate that I, I'm going to be more interested in just a tough matchup against a really right-handed heavy Toronto team who hits lefties really well. They don't strike out against lefties. They walk a ton. Um, just a, a really bad spot for Zimmerman. Yeah, this is one of the toughest matchups in baseball for a left-handed pitcher because their normal lineup is very right-handed heavy. Um, yeah, Zimmerman is in for a beating here. You have to be able to attack the Toronto lineup, and he can't do that. So um, I love Toronto. We'll talk about those bats here in a second. Uh, before we do that, let's talk Barrios here going up against Baltimore. Still a ton of strikeouts in this Baltimore m- middle of the order. Barrios has thrown two good games in a row now. Granted, one of those games was against Detroit, but he pitched really well against Minnesota, uh, his former team. Gets a matchup for your Baltimore. Do we expect him to keep it rolling? 8,900, kind of a mid-tier type pitcher here? Yeah, the price tag is just kind of in no man's land. Um, I love the two top guys we just talked about. We talked about Strider, who's cheaper. There's at least one more guy who's cheaper. I'm not sure how much Berrios I'm getting to. And it's like he's never been an elite strikeout pitcher. Like his strikeouts have been way down from his career numbers this year. He's a better strikeout pitcher than what he has shown um, to this point in the season. But he's still not going to be like a 28 to 30 percent K rate guy. He's going to be more in that 24 to 26 percent range, even when he's right. It is a plus strikeout matchup against Baltimore, but I still worry about the upside at 8,900 when I've got Cortez for a thousand more, McClanahan for just like 1,500 more. We'll talk about Burns. I, I think I would I would play Barrios over Burns on this slate, but 
But with Cortez and McClanahan, I want a ton of exposure to those two guys. I want some exposure to the cheap guys. I'm just not sure how much I need him on this slate. And it's like, would it surprise me if he goes seven innings and strikes out eight or nine? No, it, it wouldn't. But I'm not sure that that's enough if I'm getting 10 to 12 strikeouts out of McClanahan or Cortez goes eight innings and strikes out nine. Like, I just, I think there's more upside in, in the two guys that are that are more expensive. So I don't find myself on Barrios a ton, I don't think, here. Um, I do like the matchup. I think he has turned his season around. Like, he kind of figured something out against Minnesota. He he only had five strikeouts against Detroit, which kind of speaks to what I'm talking about, where he's, he's just kind of like a 25% K rate pitcher when he's right. I don't know if that's enough at 8,900. So I think on the slate... My first glance is a five-pitcher player pool. McClanahan, Burns, Cortez, Berrios, and Strider. And the reason that I say that is I don't love the matchup for Peterson. He's very iffy. Flaherty, they've already kind of said that he's not throwing more than 60 pitches in his first start here. Um, if he was in, if he was throwing more pitches, he would be fantastic. Dietmers gets the Dodgers. Contreras gets St. Louis in St. Louis when it's super hot, great hitting conditions. The the cores game, the the Wrigley game looks like it's going to be hot with 15 mile an hour winds blowing dead center. So, I mean, I'm not playing Kaplan against Boston. I'm not playing the pitcher that's pitching for the Red Sox today. He looked awful. And I mean, that just kind of leaves you with like Strider and Berrios when I'm not getting up for the three, you know, studs on the slate. So that's one of the reasons that I was just like, you know, I think Berrios is okay. I trust the spot for Barrios more than I trust the spot for Tyler Anderson today. Um, if I was going to kind of be in that, like right underneath the elite pitcher. So first glance, and you know, I'm always, you know, willing to change if there's something that stands out when a lineup comes out, but first glance for me right now, Keith is those five pitchers. And I think Barrios would probably be fifth for me. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, he's right there in the conversation. Don't get me wrong. There is one guy that that you were off of that I I will be on. I, I like Contreras. I know it's a low strikeout matchup against St. Louis. Um, I just believe in the talent. I believe in the strikeout stuff. Um, so I'm not terribly scared of that matchup. When I can say, I think Contreras can give me the same thing for 6,900 that Barrios can for 8,900. So if I can save 2,000 and, and get the same score, I'm going to do that more than I'm not. So that Contreras is the reason I'm, I'm probably off Barrios a little bit. I mean, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm going to strongly disagree with you, and I can't wait. But, um, we'll get there. All right, let's talk bats in this game. I mean, with Mancini banged up now, too, and Santander not likely to play, um, I mean, this lineup is just not great, and that's one of the reasons that – it's one of the reasons that I just don't love – or one of the reasons that I think Barrios is super in play. I mean, Mullins is good. Hayes is good. But outside of that, I mean, like – Am I really playing Mountcastle at first base on this slate with all these guys? Um, Odor at 3,400, maybe at the top of the order, but, I mean, he's just a strikeout waiting to happen. Um, I struggle with the Baltimore bats here. That's one of the reasons that I was on Barrios. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great matchup for sure. I, I'm also off of Baltimore. I think Barrios is an above-average pitcher, despite not being an elite strikeout pitcher. Like, his struggles this year are, are fluky, and he he's clearly turning his season around. He's going to be much better that, throughout the rest of the year than he's been through the first couple months here. Um, so, I, I mean, I just don't think there's enough talent on this Baltimore team. I, I wouldn't mind, like, a, a three-man stack, but Barrios is a, a decent control guy. 
Um, I don't think he gets blown up in this spot, but I, I mean, if you wanted to take a couple of cheap pieces, I, I could, I'd be okay with that. Like Rutschman at 2,700. I know he hasn't been great, but super talented elite prospect. Um, Hayes has been really good, even against righties. He's 4,100. Mullins is a little bit underpriced at 48. So like those three, I don't mind. Um, but yeah, there, there's just not a ton of t- talent in this Baltimore offense overall. I, I can't get to a full man stack, but, but maybe like Rutschman is a one-off catcher. I'm, I'm fine with, or if you want to do a, a little mini three man, I'm fine with Toronto. I love Toronto, love Toronto. I love this spot for Toronto. Um, I'm building the stack around Springer, Bichette, Vlad. Okay. I know those guys are super expensive and I, and I hear you on that. Gary L is 3,500. So he's a cheap bat that you can get in there. Chapman's 4,400. He is a cheap bat that you can get in there. I don't think Moreau catches here today for Toronto. If he does, he's 2,300. He's super cheap. Um, I would love him in this spot too. So I know my stack's going to be expensive. That's one of the reasons I like Strider today. Um, but yeah, I love Toronto in this spot. Zimmerman's not great, and he gives up a ton of hard contact. This is a great spot for the Toronto stack. Yeah, I absolutely love Toronto as well. I was just checking. I was thinking Kirk caught. No, you're right. Moreno did catch last night. So you're probably they probably put Kirk behind the plate. Um, I was hoping Moreno would be in there as well. Another they could just DH catching. Kirk, though. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, and Moreno is a far better defensive catcher than Kirk. So it, it is possible that Kirk becomes with Jansen on the IL that Kirk becomes a full-time DH Moreno is, is like a, just an excellent defensive catcher. So he could be the everyday catcher in this spot. If he's in the lineup, I absolutely love him. Um, the three guys at the top are three of the best plays on the slate. Like you mentioned, uh, Springer is my, my favorite to play in a lefty matchup. Um, just seems like he always has that help, that huge power against lefties. Um, but all three are, are phenomenal plays. Kirk has been just crushing the ball. He's up to 5,100. I think he's definitely the lowest owned of the bunch. Um, Teoscar's come back and, and been okay. Like there's this lineup is just absolutely loaded. Like Espinal and, Gur- and Guriel are also fine. Um, Guriel is underpriced. Espinal is, is probably a little bit overpriced, but, and then if Chapman finds his way back in the lineup, like this lineup is just so loaded they match up so well against left-handers. Um, I, I agree. They're one of the top sl- stacks on the slate. I think Chapman plays today. I, I think that Biggio gets the day off here today and Chapman plays. Um, Espanol plays. I, I mean, I, I could definitely see Toronto. My, the biggest thing I, I think is do they give Tapia a day off and let Kirk DH? If, if that happens and they put Springer and those guys out in the outfield and that's where that catcher spot would open up. Um, And it would take two of their lefties out of the lineup, which helps the platoon um, as well. And you don't typically worry as much about your catcher getting pinch hit for, unless he's getting pinch hit for in like the ninth um, in a close game. I mean, that's, that's a risk you're taking on a $2,200 catcher. Oakland at Boston. Kaplan Winchowski, I think is how his name was pronounced on the broadcast the other night. Um, assuming that he is going to be the starter, he got set down. Um, he's the projected starter for this game. Sounds like he's going to get called back up for this one. There's no total in this game. When the total comes out, it's probably going to be pretty high. Um, James Kaplan against the Red Sox. The Red Sox, whatever their season woes were at the beginning of the season, they've definitely figured it out and they're hitting the ball well now. Yeah, no chance I'm playing Caprillion here. 
Um, he just has not found the strikeout stuff, um, giving up a ton of hard contact. The walks are a little bit high. Um, definitely not playing him here in Fenway. Josh Winkowski, when Winchowski, um, I mean, he, he, he was awful in his first start this season. Um, he threw three innings and it wasn't good. He threw 62 pitches it was against Baltimore. Draws one of the best um, matchups in baseball here. I mean, if you're if you're a young pitcher and you're like, I'm getting called up to, to face Oakland, aren't you like somewhat excited? Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I would be somewhat excited when I saw that, but struggled in Baltimore. I don't know. I don't know what to think here. He's a sinker baller. He throws sinker slider fastball. He's not a huge prospect. His slider is above average. His sinker is good. Looking at like his triple A numbers this season, he's had nine starts. Um, he has averaged over a strikeout per inning. He has a very low walk rate, good command. Um, at 5K, Keith, do we roll the dice here and say, give us five decent innings with a few strikeouts and I'm okay with you getting like 15 to 20 at 5k with the hitters that we have today. Yeah. So he's 5k. I like the matchup against Baltimore, I think is going to push his ownership down. Like people tried that against Baltimore and it, it didn't work out, but you just brought off some triple a numbers that are really intriguing strikeout rate, almost 26% walk rate was under 5%. Like those are solid skills. And I know triple A is, is nowhere near the same as the majors, but it's still not easy when you're displaying skills like that in triple A, like Oakland is basically a triple A offense is kind of what I'm getting at. So I think he's in play. There are other pitchers slightly more expensive, but, but also in play on this slate. So I'm not sure how much we need him. Um, if I was running 150 lineups, he would absolutely be in my pool. Uh, I, I don't generally run that many. I run like between 20 and 50 on most nights. Um, I'm in a 20 max build. I'm not sure that I get there, but it, he would be right on the cusp if he's not. I, th I think he's absolutely in play on the slate um, because of the matchup. He like I know the strikeout stuff isn't elite, but if you get the other like if Strider goes out there and walks five guys and gets pulled in three innings like Winkowski can can match that point total for a couple thousand less. That's useful in tournaments. So with this matchup, I think he's absolutely in play. So just kind of doing a, a little bit of a dive here on Oakland against sinkers. They're terrible. I mean, Seth Brown is good, but the rest of this lineup is just awful against sinkers. So, I, I mean, this guy, from what I was looking at on like his minor league stats here just a second ago is like, he is like a 50% pitcher, like sinker pitcher. Um, so I mean, I worry a little bit about the pitch count, but I mean, he has in nine starts this season, he's thrown 42 innings in triple A. So right at five innings, a little under five. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, five innings at 5K with some strikeouts. And he walked a lot of guys in that Baltimore start. That wasn't his MO in like any level that he's had. I agree. That's the thing that stood out to me yeah. when I was digging in is he walked a ton of guys in that first start and he had excellent control in the minors. So I don't think the walks show up again. Just chalk that up to an MLB debut. A guy is super nervous. I mean, I couldn't even imagine being in that position. Um, I think the walks come way down. I think the pitch count raises up into the 80 pitch range. I mean, 
80 pitches for 5K against Oakland, like that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I mean, the more I look at it, man, Oakland has the second lowest walk rate in baseball against right-handed pitching. I I think I actually rank him over Barrios today if I'm considering price. I think he I, I really think I I think he's playable in like my three entry max builds today. I, I don't know if I go more than one, but I think if I'm like if I'm trying to stack like a Toronto or one of these elite teams that we're going to get to in, in great spots today. I think he, I think he makes the cut today. I, I really, and you were like talking 20 entry max. I think he makes the cut in a 20 entry max today. I think it's probably more like 15% in a 20 entry max, but I mean, this is just as, this is an elite spot against an offense that it's really tough to beat a sinker baller pitcher too. Um, yeah. I, I think I like him way more than I originally thought I was going to. Um, and what's crazy, Keith, is like the, the flip side of this, right? If Lowry's out too, like the lineup just gets worse. And we're sitting here going, if this dude gets ownership today, we can't even stack Oakland because they're just such a terrible team. Like if you're, if, you, if he does get ownership and you want to make like a hedge stack, you just close your eyes. And the first thing you do is you go like McClanahan Cortez, and then you make your Oakland stack um, and see where you're at. Cause I, I think that's the only way the Oakland stack works. Um, yeah. I don't outside of like a hedge stack. I don't have any interest in Oakland. Yeah. The one name that you mentioned earlier, when you were talking about sinkers, Seth Brown is 2,900 that interests me as a one-off, but yeah, I, I don't want to stack against a sinker baller with control. Now, if the walks do show up again, I could see where a cheap Oakland stack could become useful, but I don't think that I'm, I'm going to get to a five-man Oakland stack on a Coors Field slate and a Wrigley Wind slate. There's there's just not enough upside here um, for this Oakland team. There's no power in the lineup. Um, so maybe a three-man mini stack of the cheap guys, like it'd be Seth Brown, I guess Elvis Andrews. Like some of these names are just like ridiculous to consider playing. Um but you could find three of them in there, I suppose. But yeah, I, I don't have a ton of interest in Oakland. Close your eyes and pick three guys. Um, we'll yeah, pick Seth Brown and then pick a couple yeah, of Click buttons. Uh, Boston yep. here. I mean, I love the, the spot for, for Boston today. Um, low strikeout pitcher that's really struggled against lefty. So I love Devers and Verdugo here. I think Devers is one of the best hitters on the entire slate. He's 5,800. He's super expensive. But I think this is a great spot. And I mean, with some guys being out, like Kiki Hernandez being out, Arroyo being out, we're getting some cheap bats here for the Boston stack and good in good lineup spots. Um, I mean, you're just gonna kind of have to wait and see how it turns out. But uh, I mean, I like Boston a lot here. Yeah, I do as well. Devers, I agree, is one of the top top bats on the slate. Um, Caprillion just hasn't been good like to, to either side of the plate, but particularly to lefties. So Verdugo at 3,900 looks really good. Um, and Boston has just kind of figured that out. If Franchi is in the, the order, what's his price? Um, wait a minute, 3,400 for Franchi. Like, definitely can get on board with that as a cheap guy, um, to help you fit in the studs for Boston. But yeah, Devers, Devers definitely the top overall play. All right, moving on. We got Milwaukee at New York facing the Mets in this one. Nine and a half total. <clears throat> Brewers, a 120 favorite. We have Burns and Peterson. I mean, ballpark's fantastic. Um, Burns is a, a good pitcher. He struggled a little bit here recently. Like the second half of the season that we've had so far, 
he has struggled. Um, his command has just been it's yep. been is and that's like in your head too. Um, because like he's not typically a guy that struggles with command. He did against Chicago in the first game of the season, and it just clicked after that. I think he could get it back here, and I think he could have a stellar outing. It's a great ballpark. I just worry about the ceiling. Can he get eight strikeouts against the Mets? Um, is my biggest concern. But I mean, I could see him having seven clean innings. He's not a guy that I think, oh, he's not striking guys out, but he's pitching really clean. He can get a complete game shutout because I, I don't think that's in the cards for him. Yeah. So this is going to be entirely ownership dependent for me. Like Burns has struggled. He, he like just watching him pitch the last two or three times out, like he's just all over the place and he doesn't look like the same guy that won a Cy Young last year. Um, like part of it, like he, he ran off a ton of similar to what Gaussman did this season, ran off a ton of starts in a row where he just did not walk anybody. He had four walks in the, in his last game. Um, he's had two, at least two and three of his last four, like that is completely uncharacteristic for him. So something is clearly off mechanically, or maybe he's dealing with a, a little bit of an injury, but something just not right. And then you, you throw in this really tough matchup against a Mets team that has been scorching hot. They don't strike out. Um, I, I don't know if Cortez is coming in twice his own, maybe I flip that in tournaments. Um, I definitely think Cortez is a safer option, but if, if Burns is catching low ownership because of how he's performed, maybe I go overweight in tournaments, but I, I am concerned. Um just because of the the matchup and his recent form here. Um, I I totally believe in the pitcher. He's absolutely elite when he's right, but I'm just not positive that that he's right right now. So taking a shot on him would be just entirely dependent on game theory. Yeah. I mean, I want to see his ownership. If everybody is on the same page as us, then I'll play him. (laughs) Right. Yeah. He is an elite. That's the game we play, right? Yeah. he's, He's an elite pitcher. I mean, the Mets, like I, I'm full, I'm a full believer now. I feel like the Mets are just a really good contact team. Um, I'm a, I'm a full believer, and I think they're a team that can put up the best against the best type of pitchers. Um, and like Burns being a fly ball guy this season, this ballpark helps for sure. Um, 32% Ks, like we talked about. This dude has a 17% swinging strike rate. It's one of the highest in baseball. He has the stuff. There's no question he has the stuff. It's just is his command going to be back in this game? Um, we'll see. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing here. So um, the other side of this game, we got David Peterson. He's 8,400. He's just not – I mean, I think he's okay. Like, he's just not for me today. The ballpark's great. He's not a huge strikeout guy. There is strikeout in this lineup. If Okay, so I'll say this, Keith, right? If the Brewers lineup comes out and there's five lefties in it, I have way more interest in Peterson than I do right now. But right now I don't have a ton of interest because I think they'll platoon a lot of righties into that lineup and we won't see a lot of these lefties. Yeah, I, I agree with that. They, they generally do. Um, even Yelich and Tellez are not terrible against lefties, though also. Um, Wong is on the IL, so he won't be in there. Um yeah, Caratini probably catches. I yeah, I think they will platoon out most of them. I Yelich and Tellez will probably be in there. Um, but those will those will be the only two. Like Taylor will certainly be in the outfield, McCutcheon in the outfield, Renfro is back. Um, so one of them will probably DH um or Yelich will. Like Yelich might be the only lefty in if they said Tellez. 
but yeah, they're, they're definitely in a platoon. Peterson just doesn't have the strikeout upside here um, for 8,400. Like I would, I would play Barrios over Peterson for just 500 more, just not enough strikeout upside. I think Milwaukee will platoon. You'll see a ton of right righties here outside of Yelich and, and possibly tell us. So agree with you. There's just not enough upside for 8,400. And I'm not running to play bats against either of these pitchers today. Um, the the Brewers are cheap, but I mean that's all they kind of got going for them. I, McCutcheon at 3100 is probably too cheap. He has a, a career of hitting left-handed pitching really well. Um, so if you want to go McCutcheon, if you want to go Renfro 3500, Adamus even at 4500, like. I'm not stacking Milwaukee here, but I could I could play any of those three guys as one-offs. Yeah, I, I like chasing some power here. Um, Peterson is a ground ball guy, above average ground ball rate, 52%. So well up, well above ground ball um, rate. Like that's not a, a guy I typically want to stack against, but and it's a tough ballpark for home runs too. So it's it's not something that I love, but the the pricing is what has me really interested in. Like I love Renfro as a, a one-off at 3,500. Uh, McCutcheon at 3,100 Taylor at 2,900. If he's in there, um, there's just, there's some cheap bats with some power that, that I don't mind taking. Um, I could even see a little three man um, with, with those three guys. If you wanted to not take up all the outfield spots, you can throw Urias in there. Um, so I like that quite a bit, actually the cheap three man I can get on board with. Um, I, I'm real. I'm not playing the Mets on the slate. I, I, I can say with full certainty, I have zero interest in the Mets here. Right, even even if Burns is walking people, tough ballpark, um, they're expensive. Like Burns, even if he's struggling with his command, he's still they're still going to let him go out there and gut it out for hundred pitches. So he's probably getting to at least five innings. Like it's like just don't want to stack against an elite pitcher like Burns, even if he's not quite right. All right, we got Pittsburgh at St. Louis. This game currently at. Eight, eight and a half some places. Most are at 165 here, St. Louis. Uh, we have Contreras going up against Flaherty. I'm going to let you go first, uh, and then I'm going to debunk everything that you say about <laughs> Contreras here outside of the fact that Contreras is super talented because um, I do a, 100% agree with the statement that Contreras is very talented. But uh, go ahead and just know that I'm, I'm going to talk – everything that you say down so that you know <laughs> yeah i mean it doesn't matter what the temperature is what the dew point is what any of that is when the guy's throwing 100 miles an hour with a nasty slider like Contreras is an elite pitcher like like when he came over from the yankees he was an okay prospect and then he took a massive jump in velocity he's averaging about 98 miles an hour on his fastball he has um good secondary pitches like I believe in the strikeout stuff. He's flashed it already in a couple of these starts. Um, eight, seven strikeouts in his last one, eight in the strikeout in the start before that. Um, it was Atlanta, who's a high strikeout team, Arizona, who's a high strikeout team. Totally agree with that. But I, I believe in the stuff here. And I'm going to take elite stuff against any offense anytime. So I, I know that the weather in St. Louis is warm. It's great hitting weather but you have to hit, be able to hit the ball to make that matter. And I think that Contreras can miss some bats, even against this really high contact St. Louis team. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the, one of the top 50 prospects in baseball. This kid's 
very talented, above average fastball, above average curveball. Really needs his slider's good. It really needs that third pitch. Um, I mean, his strikeout rates in the minors has just been fantastic. We saw him one one outing last year. Um, and I mean, he had good strikeout stuff in that outing, but I mean, you look at his season 14.5% swinging strike rate, 28% Ks. He projects as a big time strikeout pitcher. Um, I mean, he's super talented. My biggest concern is not only the weather, it's going to be one of the best hitting conditions on the slate. Um, he's just facing a team that's hitting the ball really well and just doesn't have a ton of weaknesses in this lineup. They have one of the lowest strikeout rates in baseball. They have one of the highest walk rates in baseball. They could eat a young pitcher like this up um, for lunch. So that's my biggest concerns in large field tournaments. You throw all that out the window and you look at, you know, playing Contreras at 6,900 because of his strikeout upside. I'll be looking at prize picks to see what his strikeout prop comes in at. Um, his one start against St. Louis this season, it was not good. Um, it was not good at all. He did not pitch well. He did not pitch deep. I think it might've been when he was working in the bullpen too. So um, he, was, might, he was out of the bullpen. Yeah. It wasn't even when he started. He just, St. Louis is a tough team to beat right now. Um, and, and with the hitting conditions, <laughs> they're even tougher. So do point or not, um, low strikeouts, high walks, they could they could crush a young pitcher like that. Like he could get four innings and be 90 pitches into this game because they're working counts. Um, and like with low strikeouts. So large field tournaments, 6,900, take shot. Most of most of me though. I'm probably not playing him here. Um, I think he's a great pivot in tournaments off of Strider for what it's worth. Uh, Flaherty, we're not playing Flaherty today. It's a fantastic matchup against one of the worst teams in baseball, but they have already said that he is going to be limited to 60 pitches in his debut here. Um, so uh, obviously he threw 58 pitches in his last rehab start. They feel very comfortable with just letting him go out and throw 60 pitches in this spot. Um, the Cardinals and the Brewers are battling out in the NL Central. Like, there's a good chance the Cardinals make the playoffs. The last thing they want to do is, you know, work Flaherty back too fast here. 8,100 for a guy capped at 60 pitches. I don't care if it was a four-game slate. We're still not playing Flaherty here. Yeah, completely agree. I was I was watching the game uh, earlier today, actually the first game of the doubleheader, and they were talking about him coming up. And Flaherty actually lobbied to make this start in the majors. The original plan was for him to start in AAA again. Um, but he's like, why waste the pitches? Let me just come up and start. You know, I, I can give you 65 pitches or whatever it, it was that they said. So this is essentially a rehab start, it, like a spring training start. He's not going deep into this game. Don't care how good the matchup is. There's just, there's no upside with his pitch count here. Yeah. And it's going to be his first start of the season. There's going to be some, it's going to be some bugs to work out um, in, in this start. And I'm with him though. Like why make a triple A start and throw 60 pitches when I can, yeah get a 60 pitch start in the majors and get that like under my belt. Like he's probably going to need a few starts here before we see him over 80, but I'm not playing the Pittsburgh bats. Um, I mean, I can say that, you know, the St. Louis bullpen is top half and Flaherty is a good pitcher. I mean, and, and it's not like you really want to play much from Pittsburgh anyway. Did, did miles Mikolas finish the no hitter? I didn't even check. 
Um, I can look at that real quick here if I can find it. That's the he first did not. game. There's a hit no. in the game, so I I saw he had over 100 pitches going into the eighth. So I didn't. I wasn't even sure they would send him back out. Oh, they did send him back out. He threw they 129 did. pitches. Yeah. Wow. Definitely fading him in his next start. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Funny how that works, right? I can't Definitely. believe the Cardinals let him do that. So it looks like he took it into the ninth because he threw eight and a third with 129 pitches. So I'm he only assuming he... two thirds. He was yeah. one out away and gave up a double. Wow. Oh, no, that's the wrong game. Just kidding. Hold on. They had a doubleheader today and I clicked the wrong game to see. But anyway, I did that originally too. No, I think you're right. There was one double in the game, eight and two thirds for Michaelis. I think, yeah, you're looking at the right thing. Yeah. So yep. no, he, that, he got that double. He gave up a double in the ninth to lose that. Yep. Yep. Cal Mitchell hit a ground rule double, um, and they yanked him as soon as he gave up the hit. Man, crazy. <laughs> I, I love seeing no hitters with a run scored. Uh, anyway, do you have any interest in the the St. Louis bats here or Pittsburgh? I don't know if I let you. Did you Pittsburgh bats? Um, I don't have any interest in Pittsburgh. Like Flaherty's a good pitcher, even if he. Is that me or you? Sorry. That ESPN video that always pops up when you're looking at box scores. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, no, Pittsburgh bats not interested. Flaherty, talented, even if he's not quite right to get started here. Uh, St. St. Louis bullpen is pretty good, so I'm off of St. Louis or of Pittsburgh. St. Louis stacker fade. I mean, that's how I. I think if. If Contreras is going to struggle, it's going to be a bigger struggle. Um, He's been great. I mean, he throws super hard, so as hard as you throw, as far as the ball goes, you know. Um, I I think, like, it's stack St. Louis or just stay away here. I don't think you're playing one-offs from St. Louis, especially at these prices. Yeah, they're they're all really expensive. Um, I personally am going to be on the Contreras side of this. I think there are a ton of other great spots for offense, so I don't need to try to – Try to get the young guy who's who's having a bad day. Um, yeah, like the guys you want to play, Gorman, even Gorman's price is up to four thousand. Um, Goldschmidt and, and Arenado over five thousand. Edmund is ridiculously priced at fifty five hundred. Like if St. Louis had better better pricing, I would be more interested in them. Um, I guess Tyler O'Neill is a one off. I don't hate, but outside of that, I'm I'm not interested. Um. Alfaro home run was really good because that's who I played over Contreras and he had home runs. So I'm only down one home run now at catcher. Um, <laughs> we got San Diego at Chicago. No total in this game. It looks like it's going to be hot with 14 to 16 mile an hour winds blowing dead center. We got Weathers against Killian here. Um, Ryan Weathers, first start of the season. Sorry, buddy. Um, this is not the spot <laughs> you wanted your first start of the season to be. I'm guessing you're with me. We don't really want to play Ryan Weathers here. We saw him. We saw him last year. Um, what did he? Th- he threw 18 starts last year. Really low strikeout rates. Um, neutral ground ball, fly ball guy. Gave up a bunch of home runs. Um, struggled. Didn't struggle a ton with walks, but. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the prime Cubs spot here. I mean, this guy is a prospect. Um, I think he's fifth or sixth in this organization. But, I, yeah, yet to be determined. I love the Cubs here. I have no interest in Weathers. Yeah, I, I don't either. Uh, it's been a rough go in AAA for him even this season. Um, he was a, a 
pretty good prospect, like you mentioned uh, a year ago at this time, but he came up and really struggled in the majors. And then for whatever, like his, his stuff just disappeared when he came up to the majors and he's never been able to recapture that. He hasn't struck anybody out in AAA this year. The ERA is over seven. Um, the XFIP supports that it's over six and a half. Like he's just not good anymore. This is a, a really bad spot for him with, with wind blowing out in Rayleigh. Yeah. I mean, we saw it on Monday night. Like we, we started the podcast and it was a nine run game and I think it's a 16 run game now. It's just crazy how fast it happens. Um, yep. Caleb Killian on the other side, another talented prospect um, here for the Cubs first start was against St. Louis. I mean, he had a, a decent game um, for making his first start. I mean, we kind of talked about it pre-show. If this dude wasn't dealing with the conditions that he's going to deal with here, I, I would be really set and primed to play him. Cause I mean, San Diego, as much as I stack them on Tuesday, there's still not a great offense this season. It, it's just, you know, this guy, he walked two guys in the St. Louis game. Don't let that fool you. This dude has elite command. That's one of the reasons that he's a big prospect is everything I've read about him is like he has elite command. Another sinker baller. I just, I mean, I don't think I can do it, even though he's a massive ground ball pitcher, but I've done crazier things. I'll say that. You know me, I'm, I'm a huge Cubs fan. I was I'm trying to find every single way I can to play Caleb Killian on the slate. And I'm, I still don't, I'm still not convinced. Um, I absolutely love the talent, the return for Chris Bryant. Uh, I think they stole him from San Francisco. He took a massive leap forward um, after he came over to the Cubs organization. Um, he is the, their top prospect pitching wise in the organization. I think this is a, a legit future starting pitcher, but wind blowing out in really is, is very difficult to deal with. Um, maybe he, let me backtrack to it. His, his first start against St. Louis, he was phenomenal the first time through the order. Like he was mowing people down. I think he had four or five strikeouts the first time through the order. That second time through St. Louis started hitting him around a bunch. He lost his command. And after like the third inning, he just, he didn't have it anymore. He, he did struggle his way through a couple more innings, but that that's just part of the risk of young pitchers. It takes time to figure out how to pitch in the majors because of the wind blowing out and the weather here in Wrigley today, I cannot do it. I love the talent. I want to be able to play him, um, but just not going to be the spot for me. Um, I, I, I really wanted to come on here and talk him up as a massive Cubs fan. I wanted to be a homer, but just going to have to be off of him today. I mean, when you're the top pitching prospect in an organization, you're probably really good. Um, I worry about him being early and, I mean, he wasn't even supposed to start in that St. Louis game, and they're dealing with some injuries here. And I mean, yeah, I feel a, like that St. Louis game was a doubleheader too. That's why he got the call. Yeah. So, so, so interesting thing, really quick. He faced 19 hitters in that St. Louis game. He gave up zero hard hits. Um, I mean, the stuff is there. 150 lineups. I think I play a little bit today because I mean, some of the pitching, like, because I don't want to be like. 50% strider. I, I think if I'm playing 150 and I think that's where a lot of people are going to kind of end up in that cheaper range. Cause we have so many bats on the slate. Like we're going to talk about the Cubs bats today. They're in a fantastic spot. We have so many, we haven't even talked about cores yet. Um, so I think if I'm playing 150, I get some, 
if I'm playing 20 entry max, he's like it really going to come down to like what his ownership looks like compared to like Strider's ownership today. And, you know, we talked about it earlier, but I mean, that Padres Cubs game, the weather is really similar to what it was yesterday. 90% increase in home runs, uh, just massive. Like the pitching numbers that weather edge was putting out was you don't want to play a pitcher in that game. And Hendricks did fine. This guy's better than Kyle Hendricks. So I think he could get five or six clean innings here, maybe give up a run or two, but also like the strikeouts are there. This, this team is a strikeout heavy team. This lineup's not great. This is not your typical Padres team um, that we're so scared of last year. So I think it really is going to come down to ownership. I, I really think that's where I'm at on him today. Cause I mean, it's a nine game slate. I don't mind rolling the dice when I can get some of these bats today and all these pitchers that are under 7k or under 8k really, I mean, there's risk in all of them. Like, there's risk to playing Strider. There's risk to playing this guy. There's risk to playing Contreras. There's risk to playing Winchowski. Like, there's risk in all these guys. So, I mean, why not play the talent? Um, so, I like him more than you do. What's up, Keith? You're a Cubs fan. <laughs> um, so, I, I do really like it. It's, I think it's because you're off Contreras and I'm on Contreras. So, yeah, like that, the ownership is gonna is gonna dictate my exposure just to, to some extent there. Like. Contreras is not safe by any means either. Wind doesn't matter as much in St. Louis as it does in Wrigley, um, but it is still nearly 100 degrees in St. Louis. Uh, wind is projected to blow out there as well. So it's not like Contreras has great pitching weather or anything. Um, if Contreras is showing up tomorrow and playing lineup HQ has double the ownership of Killian, then I absolutely will adjust and, and be comfortable playing some Killian. Um, I like his strikeout prop. I'm extremely interested in if he opens up at three and a half, I'm hammering that immediately. Um, because I, I, the problem here is I think he gives up a couple of home runs. He's just going to leave a couple of sinkers over the plate or hang a breaking ball, something like that. And in these conditions in Wrigley field, you don't even have to hit it. Well, you can, you can pop it up and it carries out of the yard. So I'm just concerned that he gives up a, a couple of home runs. I think he'll strike out five or six in this game. Um, but the run prevention is, is the concern here. Um, even San Diego, I know they've struggled a little bit, been, been along, around league average with their um, like WRC plus and, and Woba and things like that. So it's not an elite offense, but they're average. Um, and with, with the weather, it's just, I'd rather play Contreras, I think, even though he's in difficult weather as well. I don't know, tough call. We'll see what the ownership looks like. I'm, I'm not saying I'm off him completely, but I, I do prefer Contreras if just comparing them straight up. As far as the Padres bats go, it's a stack or fade spot for me. I'm not, I mean, you can play one offs in this spot, but I'm playing the weather in this game more than anything else. Um, they stink against sinkers. This guy is a sinker baller. Um, Gresham is like the best hitter in this lineup against sinkers and Luke Voigt. Um, those would be the two guys, like if you wanted to do it, but I mean, it's stack or fade. I love the Padres on Tuesday. I didn't think Kyle Hendricks is great. Um, everything that I've looked at it, this kid is he's he's good. Um, and I think he's going to be better. And I think the Padres team stinks. Um, yeah, I mean, it's stack or fade. It, it's playing the weather game. It's playing the wind blowing out hot weather in Wrigley and just knowing that, like, I mean, they scored, they're at 11 runs. And I don't think they scored in the first, like, three or four or five innings, right? Like, um, I, I don't remember exactly what it was. But, yeah, they didn't score in the first five innings. And they're currently at 12 runs. So, I mean, that's just what that's what happens in Wrigley win games, man. It's just this ballpark 
is so wind sensitive. Um, and it's been like that for years. And that's one of the coolest things about Wrigley. Um, I hope it never changes, like upgrade everything you have to do. Like Fenway and Wrigley just need to stay around forever. I want my kids to like know what Wrigley and Fenway are. Cause they're just, they're just so huge in general. So anyway, uh, what are your thoughts on the Padres bets? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just really cheap. Um, and you don't even have to be a good hitter to, to hit it out when we've got con- conditions like these. So normally you'd say you can't play guys like Jorge Oparo was massive chalk on the slate. Like he's not a great hitter. Um, Haseon Kim, not a great hitter, but they're, they're all free and they're in this game where all they need is a, a fairly well hit fly ball and it's leaving the park for a home run. Um, they're, they're underpriced. It's a great spot. The, the weather, like, you just can't beat it. It is, it is better than Coors, in my opinion. When you get hot weather in Wrigley with the wind blowing out anywhere near 15 miles an hour plus, like it is just a must play. That That's an unfatable spot, in my opinion. Where Coors, you can sometimes get these games um, that go far under the totals. Like Wrigley, it happens on occasion, but it's it's less – it's harder for a, a Wrigley win game to fail than it is a Coors game, in my opinion. I agree 100%. Um Cubs. I love the Cubs. They're my favorite stack on the slate. I am going to be stacking the Cubs every different way. Um, like I, I rarely make a, a team two of my three lineups, and I might make two of my three lineups today with Cubs. I like them so, so much in this spot. I don't expect a lot from Weathers, and I mean, the Cubs just have so much power against left-handed pitching. You know, Sean Manaya is a great pitcher. Uh, okay, he's good. He's above average. He struggles so much against this lineup. And you look at the hard hit rates, you just know the ceiling is there. Um, the Contreras two home run thing was not crazy. Like you said, you you played it as like a long shot. Like that wasn't crazy. This dude has massive power against lefties. He's at like a 426 ISO before the numbers even get factored in for his two home runs against Manaya. Like I love the Cubs here. Definitely my favorite stack. Um, and I mean, you're going to get some cheap pieces in this lineup because – yeah, like Schwindel is twenty seven hundred. Um, <laughs> sign me up, like sign me up. Yeah, um, Manaya is bordering on elite. I agree with you there. You know who's not a good pitcher? Ryan Weathers is is not a good pitcher. Like this is going to be going to be a bad day for him. Um, and the Cubs, like Contreras, is the most expensive hitter at forty four hundred. Morel forty three hundred. Everybody else is under four k. Like they. They're going to be massive chalk, and I'm not sure how you even faded against a terrible lefty. The Cubs have been really good against lefties this year. Um, like Ian Happ at 3,400 just jumps off the page, like tons of power. Schwindel at 2,700, way too cheap. Wisdom, 3,500. Like there's plenty of power in this Cubs lineup, and we've got the wind blowing out 15-plus miles an hour against a really bad lefty. Like it's they, they line up well against lefties, and it's a bad lefty at that with the wind blowing out. I agree. Cubs are Cubs are the top offense of the day. And my only concern is the Padres bullpen is pretty solid, but I mean, they had to use some of their good arms um, on Tuesday and both of them through two innings. So, I mean, they're obviously not going to go back to back days and throw two innings back to back days. And we saw them like the Padres bullpen really kind of shut down the Cubs after Manaya. If we get weathers out quick, like he goes three innings max, like, just I feel like you're going to get the bad half of that bullpen and they're just going to kind of ship this game in. Um, so I love the Cubs here. Moving on, we got cores. We have Plinkinton against Plinko. Plinko's back. Yeah. 
Um, going up against Austin Gomber, 11 and a half total in this game. It's a pick em game. So far, so far, I, so I wrote this up in extra survey today. I said that I was going to fade the Rockies game and fade Garrett Cole. And so far, it's not burning me. Um, the Padres obviously scoring runs finally helped. Um, any interest here in either one of these pitchers? No, I, I don't think you need to do it. Um, we talked about the the debate of the cheaper pitchers um, being in Coors Field, just a, a tough park. Um, Pilkington, I'm, I'm taking a deeper look at just to make sure. Like the strikeout rate has been better than it was in AAA, so I'm not necessarily buying that. He struggled with con- control um, being in Coors Field. Like I just I don't need to do it today. Yeah, I mean, he struggled with strikeouts against Oakland last start. Um, he's had some good strikeout games, but also hasn't, like, I think his strikeout rate is is going to regress a little bit. I don't. Th- I think he's more of, like, a 20% strikeout guy and not a 24% strikeout guy. And the Rockies, as crazy as it is, the Rockies one of the best teams in baseball against left-handed pitching this season. They're, they're terrible against righties, but, I mean, they're, they're phenomenal uh, against lefties, so... I don't really have a ton of interest in him. And I think Gomber overall is a good pitcher. I just, he pitches on the wrong team. Um, and, and he struggled against righties. This team's going to platoon a ton of righties at him here. They're a low strikeout team. Uh, I just, I have no interest in either one of these guys. Yeah. Neither one of these teams strikes out very much. So that, that makes it even more difficult to try to, to play a pitcher in Coors Field when you've got two low strikeout offenses as well. All right. Let's talk about these Cleveland bats. Um, Obviously, Jose Ramirez is going to be very popular today. Miles Straw should hit leadoff at 4,100. Um, he'll be somewhat popular here. I'm interested. Like, I want to, I really want to see like Hedges catch in this spot against the lefty at 2,600 in course. That would be someone that I'd be jumping on. Gonzalez, Oscar Gonzalez, potentially hitting like fourth or fifth year. Like, Miller getting a good lineup spot. Like there's some cheaper parts of the stack where like you could stack Cleveland, play the guardians and still get like top end pitching today. Um, so obviously Cleveland is, is very much in play today. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think they line up pretty well against lefties as well. Uh, Rosario at 4k. I like Miller. You mentioned love, love his price tag underrated hitter um, straw at the top of the order with a ton of speed, obviously. Um, Coors Field, great for triples. I wouldn't be surprised to see Straw grab a triple here. But, yeah, just they're they're a little bit underpriced. Um, we've got some cheap pitching to be able to make it work. Um, I like Cleveland. I don't know. Like, ownership between Wrigley and, and Coors is going to be very interesting to me. Coors might end up being the lower owned of the two. Um, and, if, and if that's the case, then I'm going to play a ton of Cleveland for sure. And then, I mean, I love Colorado in this spot, too. They're just so good um, against left-handed pitching. Obviously, a ton of interest in Joe and, and CJ Crone. Um, ton of interest in, like, Rodgers. Like, yeah, this is just one of those spots where I think a lot of these right-handed bats are very playable here. Um, very small sample size here, but the catcher, is it Brian Seven? Um, yeah. He's Show had power. Yeah, he's shown some power against left-handed pitching as well, and he's 4K. So both of the catchers potentially in this game are going to be solid. Yep, I, I like the Colorado side here as well. Pokington's been 
decent since coming up, but I mean, it's Coors Field. Like it's, it's a tough spot for him. I love Crone at 4,600, Joe at 4,500, Rogers is smash lefties at 4,400. Um, Gritchick is 3,600. So yeah, I'd be all, all aboard the, the full stack here as well. All right, we finish it out with the Battle of L.A. I mean, we ran long today. There's a, we're passionate about some of these games today. That's for yeah, sure. this is a good slate, man. I, I yeah, love this slate. This slate's solid. We got yeah. the Angels and the Dodgers. Um, eight and a half total. Dodgers a 190 favorite here. We got Anderson going up against Dietmers. Um, Any interest in Reed Dietmers here? Uh, no, thanks. Not against the Dodgers. Um, talented prospect. Just ha- hasn't quite figured it out. He's been okay just hasn't had the strikeout stuff that he showed in the minors not playing him against the Dodgers no interest for me even though like the Dodgers aren't the best team against left-handed pitching they I mean they still can platoon pretty well and Dietmers has just been so bad against righties this year you know he threw no hitter (laughs) against Tampa I mean you know going back to my Cortez take um lefties against Tampa (laughs) (laughs) two strikeouts baby (laughs) <laughs> might be the only complete game no hitter that we see under 40 fantasy points um yeah no interest for me in uh Dietmers. and then i mean the other side of this game you can make an argument i think for anderson because he really just needs to get around um ward trout and rendon but with with ward and rendon being back in the lineup it just adds two more really good right-handed bats in this lineup um I don't think I could pull the trigger on Anderson here today. Yeah, it's the price. I there's just I know the Angels strike out a ton, but Anderson sitting with a 23% strikeout rate. I get, I just I don't see him striking out eight or nine. Could he strike out six or seven? Sure. But I think that some of these cheaper guys could do that as well. And I think there's far more upside for like double digit strikeouts from guys like um Cortez and McClanahan. So I just I don't see myself playing Anderson at this price tag. He's been incredible this year. Don't get me wrong, but I just I'm not playing him in DFS at 9600. Yep. Um, as far as the Angels go, I mean I kind of like that three man that I just mentioned: um, Ward, Trout, Rendon. Um, you can always add Ren, um, Otani in there, but like Trout's 55, Ward's 4K. That's way too cheap. Rendon's 4100. Yep. Rendon has crushed left-handed pitching throughout his career. If you want to go five man, which I don't necessarily love, I think you go Otani and Stassi um, or whoever catches, whether it be Stassi or Kurt Suzuki. I would prefer Kurt Suzuki at 2,500, but um, Kurt Suzuki is someone that has always been good against left-handed pitching as well. And I think on the season this year, he's been really good. It's really small sample size, but yeah, I don't mind um, the angels as like a three man, it's kind of a low scoring potential game, but also like some hammers here with like maybe like a three man stack on both sides. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. I think that you could find a cheap uh, platoon infielder also to throw in that five man if you wanted to. Matt Duffy is the name that's standing out at 2,900. Um, Rangifo got scratched last night, so I'm not sure that he's back in there, but he's 2,800. Uh, Wade ended up playing he's 2200 but he would be lefty lefty so i I don't like that but ringifo if he's in there i don't mind um but yeah i I like um the pricing on ward and rendon in particular all right um dodgers what do you like here for the dodgers 
I mean, one of the top offenses in baseball, obviously. Um, Turner would be the top play against the lefty. Um, Will Smith, an expensive catcher, probably doesn't catch too much ownership. I think the Dodgers end up coming in pretty low owned here on this slate. Um, and they do have the upside, even with Wrigley Wind and Coors on the slate. Like they have the upside to put up 10 or 12 runs in any any matchup. Uh, Detmers is, is a decent pitcher, I think, but he, he can give it up and get chased from the game early. Not terribly uh, scared of the Angels bullpen either. So the Dodgers are definitely in play here. Um, I do like Turner's price at Justin Turner's price at 4,500, Chris Taylor at 3,900. Um, don't probably wouldn't be playing Muncie lefty lefty at 5,100. I don't mind Freeman at 5,400, but plenty of other first basemen I would, I would go to first. So be looking at righties first. Um, wouldn't mind throwing a, a Freeman in my stack also. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we will get out of here. I know it's a long podcast. Hope you enjoyed. Um, it's been fun talking about this slate. I really like this one. Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts today. Who's your cheap guy to get the strikeouts today? Oh, I wanted to go with my boy, but I'm, I'm going to take the obvious one, Spencer Strider. I'm going to take your boy. I'm going to take Caleb Killian. Um, <laughs> Love it. I Even in that St. Louis game, he had the strikeout upside, and I think – Facing a San Diego team that strikes out a bunch. Um, he might give up a couple runs in the process, and I think that's okay at his price. It's kind of built in. But, I mean, the strikeouts are there. The The Padres, I think, are 13th or 14th in strikeouts uh, against Ryan and pitching this season. Over 8K to score under 15. Who is your bust today? I'm going to go Peterson. I think Milwaukee platoons well against him they line up pretty well against lefties so uh, and not a ton of strikeouts upside so i think he stays just under 15 it's sad i think flaherty can actually get over 15 even in 60 pitches <laughs> um against that lineup but I, I have to go flaherty man max out at 60 pitches 8100 just not a guy that i want to play today uh, give me a guy over 4k to hit home run not in course uh, give me george springer just love him against lefties ton of power I like that one. Um, I was trying to go. I'm going to go a little. I think this is a little off the board. It's the first game that we talked about. It probably lost thought a little bit here, but I'm going to go Matt Olson against Eric Fetty. Um, I really like the spot for Atlanta. Don't want that to get lost and everything else we talked about today, but yeah, I like Atlanta a lot today. Uh, under 4K to get two hits, not in cores. Who do you got today to get two hits? Ian Happ at 3,400 is just crazy underpriced. Um, he might hit two home runs with those two hits today. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, yeah, why don't get? I don't get why he is he's so cheap today. Um, but I'm going again to another guy that I think is just priced ridiculous today, and that's Frank um, Schwindel for the Cubs yep. at 2,700. Like Cubs are way too cheap today. Love the Cubs stack. Um, going up against this weak lefty. Give me a stack to score six or more runs today. Uh, I'm going back to the first game as well for this one. It feels like forever ago, but Atlanta is in a phenomenal spot. I think they get a little bit lost in the slate, but I, I they're red hot, and I love them in the spot against Betty. Cubs, moving on. Uh, Cubs, <laughs> done. Um, I mean, so just from an outside perspective, I think Atlanta, Toronto, St. Louis, both the teams in Wrigley, both the teams in cores, 
and potentially the both the teams in LA could all score six runs today. I mean, this is a this is makes it a fun slate. There's pitching, yeah, great yeah. slate. Uh, Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, just loaded slate. Looking forward to this one for sure. It's gonna make up for Thursday's slate because it is a doozy. <laughs> um, that's gonna wrap it up for Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday, even to talk about the doozy of a slate. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.